Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dilly Algemer, to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Hey Dilly, how are you doing? Hi Nick, how are you? Tell you what, I really miss Simon. I have been editing the podcast for two weeks and I fully appreciate how much work Simon does per week on the show and uh, I just really want him to come back. <laughs> oh Nick, there, there. I miss him too. I miss I miss his quizzical looks. Judgmental looks. Yeah, his judgmental looks. <laughs> but mostly I miss his editing skills. Yeah. He's he's one of a kind, <laughs> our Simon. He really is. And he's still away for another week. We had a disastrous uh, WhatsApp exchange where I was like, Oh, are you back yet from holiday, Simon? He's like, No, not until Monday. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> It's another week of editing. But I guess I guess feedback is what it is. It would be good to know maybe from listeners whether the editing over the last two weeks has been rather ropey or not. Because if it has, it's because yours truly has been doing the edit. So hopefully there's been no noticeable differences. I'm sure there has been, though. Um, I'm sure I'll get a list of feedback from Simon when he returns from his holidays. <laughs> you, know, I, you know how he'd say it, right? He'd, say, he'd be like... You know, I I just want to mention it now that we're on the subject, and then he'll go on for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just telling us how bad we are and what we do. Yeah, he's very gentle. He's very gentle he with is. his um, abrasive feedback. I'll give that to him. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just one more thing. Basically, everything you do is awful, and you need to do it better. No, he's never, <laughs> he's never said that. But I could feel I feel like that's what he could say. Anyway, um, let's get the show kicked off proper mm-hmm. uh, with a question, Dilly. You've got an extra special question for me. So I have an extra special question for you, Nick. So tell me, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? A superpower, a superpower. Right, well, I'm going to put a couple of caveats in there because I think... I'm probably going to choose a superpower that's going to be useful for live, just living in Germany, not one that I'm going to use to save <laughs> the world particularly. I'm just thinking about what what's going to help. So flying, I mean, that would be useful for getting back to the UK, but you know, I get, I get vertigo, so flying's probably not a choice. Yeah, I guess... I guess I would go for something like the ability to like rewind time. What would you do with the time? I would make sure that every German interaction I have is so perfect. <laughs> uh, so I would never make a mistake in German. I could rewind it. Mm-hmm. I could try out different phrases. Uh, I had an incident in the elevator today. Our offices are shared with loads of other companies, but also a is it technician Schule? I think is what it's called. So like a technical school, when you get lots of young folks knocking about the building, and uh, there was three in the lift with me as I was going to the ground floor, and they were talking to each other, and I honestly couldn't make out a single word that they were saying. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Eh? And it, it, there was quite they were quite young and the sort of dialect as well, and they were having some conversation about something about someone else clearly but um and something that they'd not done correctly but most of the vernacular i didn't understand and i would like to be able to Mm -hmm. rewind time so i could take notes and go all right okay that's all right that's what he said because sometimes when i hear something the second time it's much easier right so that's probably what i would go for yeah what about you what would you go for i would like two things i'd like to be invisible and I'd like to be able to fly. So you'd like to be invisible because you're a pervert, right? That's right, isn't it, Dilly? 
that's that's exactly what it is. That's yeah. why I, that, yeah. no one no one yeah. chooses invisibility unless they're a, a total perv. Surely that's the that's the perv's choice of superpowers. Yes, I'd like to perv the forests. Have you seen German forests? They are lovely. They're like deep and dark and green. Invisible. You're going to be invisible and perv on the forest. That's your. That's your. I want to be safe. Because that's the thing. I would love to be able to jog in forests and just right. hang out in the night. Right. You're uh, you're more concerned about the other perverts. I am concerned about the other perverts. I'm glad it took you two minutes to get there. <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't feel. <laughs> I don't feel bad about not understanding how the world works for a woman at all. I don't feel in any way terrible for making that joke. Anyway, Diddy, please. The forum is yours. Yeah, that's what I would like. I mean, I love German forests, and when I see them, I you know I want to be like flying over the canopy. I, that's how I want to spend my days. I wish I could do that. I get that. I don't, you know, it's it's kind of tragic that that you can't, you don't feel safe enough to go go and do that yourself, really. But I, I sort of understand that. When my wife used to go jogging in the mm. park, I never really liked that either, to be honest. Did she have stories to tell? I mean, I mean, she has stories to tell, sure, but she's had experiences. But um, mm. I'm not, I'm not the one to tell them. Of course, that they're, they're her stories. But um, yeah, she definitely has has had those experiences, that, as I'm sure you have as well. It's kind of a sad indictment on the whole situation that the the blokes like I would rewind time so I can make myself look better, and you're like, I just want to go for a walk in a wood without being afraid for my life. What a what a fucking shit show, honestly. Jeez. Like, this is something that I find so interesting since you've joined the podcast is like, I don't think I'm unaware of things, but you do, it does bring home a lot of, a lot of truths and truths that you maybe want to ignore, but like how different the experiences of navigating German life as a, a bloke like me versus mm -hmm. uh, as a woman like you. I don't want to be the catalyst that takes the podcast off to a depressing start. But um, I mean, my boyfriend sometimes think he thinks that I'm overdoing it. Like, you know, oh, come on, it can't be that bad. And I actually have a doorstopper on this side of the door when I go to sleep at night and I'm alone in my place. My, my wife's had something similar, yeah. And, um, and I have like metal things, like little tins mm. lined up so that if the door opens, I hear it. Now he knows, he thinks it makes perfect sense. Do you think that's rather more because of you a woman living alone mm. like my, my wife stopped using those once we started living together yeah when my boyfriend's there i don't do it yeah makes sense i mean it's not like you're paranoid but i want to have enough time to call the emergency services you know i know but it's just like something that like i've never I've never thought like i remember in university leaving the door open everyone coming home pissed leaving the door open falling asleep in the house waking up and going oh, oh we left the front door open what idiot holy fuck like really and just didn't think anything of it like four blokes just living in a house like we weren't that concerned about it at all like oh we just left the front door open whoops and yeah we didn't even think about about the safety side of it at all like i know i say it a lot i am a big guy right i'm mm. quite a broad-shouldered six foot odd bloke right and uh, i like to think i look friendly and approachable but like as, as i've learned uh, certainly through the pandemic and speaking to a lot of women that you're like you just look like another bloke you know you might think you're great but like not everyone else knows that and mm -hmm. certainly your outward appearance doesn't always sort of suggest your personality or how you act in certain situations so 
like I'll get off a train at the same stop as a, a woman, I, like especially if it's just two of us, because I'm then become hyper aware that mm-hmm. I look like a, a threat, you know, and mm-hmm. and I know I'm not, but then like I don't know really how to like lessen my threatening appearance. Mm-hmm um and there isn't really like a really a way of doing that like generally what i do like i've done this a couple of times actually i've i've pretended to get a phone call and i'll speak english and i don't know why i do that but i (laughs) I tend i don't know what it's like like maybe like someone like laughing and joking or pretend that or sometimes i'll call my wife to tell Mm. her just i would never really she'll she'll pick up the phone and go like why are you calling me and i'm like oh i'm just telling you i got to the tram stop i'm just coming home now and she'd be like and like why are you and she doesn't know why i'm doing it but i've done it a couple of times in that in that respect or I've pretended to take a phone call just so like the other person can get mm-hmm. a distance a few leagues away from me mm-hmm. so they don't feel like because there's times where you'll be walking down the street and, it, and it's just me and 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 someone else and there's times where it's been blokes as well and i've been walking behind them and i've got quite a large gate so if i'm walking quickly mm. and you don't we've got headphones in and i come sort of looming past you it can be quite freaky for people mm-hmm. and there's people like cross the road and stuff like that you know and i get that but i always feel like i try and be aware of these things but there's mm. so many there's so many facets to it that yeah you just don't know do you Nick, I was thinking that if you maybe switch to english on these phone calls maybe english is the language you feel you are most genuinely ni- uh, like genuinely yourself in well yeah yeah like and i tried i try and like crack a joke or make or, or say something funny i don't know i just i just feel like i i, I kind of feel like i wouldn't want someone like me walking behind <laughs> so i'm like yeah like why would anyone else you know like it's but but i just yeah i just think it's interesting speaking to you about mm-hmm. certain things especially these kinds of questions because they seem quite mm-hmm. They seem quite innocent, and then you'll throw something at me, and I'm like, "Shit, there's my privilege, <laughs> like right in front of my face." <laughs> I'm so sorry, I didn't. No, want to, no, I never didn't apologize. Need to make you go down the road. No, 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 never apologize. I think it's interesting. I think it's it's always good to sort of check your own privilege because we all have it. Mm-hmm. Especially me. Come on, I've probably got more privileges <laughs> than anyone else. You know, like I do live in this sort of rarefied air. Yeah, so I'll go with my answer of trying to make myself sound better in German and you just Mm. go with your general answer of I want to go walk in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to move quickly on to some updates. One update in particular that we didn't do last week and I I, Mm. I very much regret because it's related to Dilly's favourite section of the podcast Dilly's sports roundup or was it report <laughs> I can't remember what stupid name we gave I think it's roundup right and uh, I got a whatsapp message uh, with a cricket update from my dad <laughs> my dad listens to the podcast you don't say yeah it was, it's news to me I didn't know my dad listened to the podcast anyway he gave us a little bit of feedback uh, mm. regarding your uh, an hour conversation about cricket and your question at the time was why do they spit so much which then sort of transmogrified into a conversation about why do uh, people playing cricket uh, seem to touch their genitals so much or men playing cricket touch their genitals so much is this your father the vicar who rarely swore at home and he listens to the podcast where we swear yeah but he's fine with that man he's anglican okay. like uh, anglicans are a lot more easy going you know uh than 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 other religious <laughs> denominations so um yeah he he sent me a message and i'm gonna read it verbatim because it is a good a, a good message okay and it's also got a little pr- bit of praise for the podcast so here mm-hmm. is the message that gives some illumination as to why men playing cricket might feel the need to touch their genitals so much um <clears throat> 
Hi, Nick. I'm loving the podcast and look forward to it every Saturday now. I am not making that up. That's what my dad said. So happy days. Re-ball tampering. Batsmen, wicketkeepers, and sometimes other close fielders wear a protector, sometimes called a box, which sometimes requires readjustment. Hence the fiddling about. Hope you're all good. Pancakes on Tuesday. Love to all, Dad. So he reckons the reason that you would have seen so many uh, cricketers touching their junk was because they had some kind of protective device down there. My brother used to have one. He played cricket. You know, it says everything about the school I went to that we played cricket a lot and we were never <laughs> issued with any kind of protection. <laughs> what, what does that say about our teachers? They really didn't care. Not for your future well-being. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, yeah, so what's been, what's been happening in the, in the last few days? Well, I went away to Nuremberg. I had a chance to enjoy the, the services of Deutsche Bahn again uh, over the weekend. I went to watch my beloved Newcastle United get beaten in the League Cup final on Sunday oh. in Nuremberg. Uh, I was in Nuremberg. The game was played in Wembley. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember much of what happened after the game mm. because it all became a bleary mess. But uh, that's what I enjoyed. Uh, so that was my weekend. Um, no, did you have those uh, Nuremberg sausages, the tiny ones? No, not this time. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit passé. Having lived there, mm-hmm. Dilly, it's a bit more of a tourist thing. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I would. I love them. They're really good. The Nuremberger breakfast and a, a dry and regular, as the locals will call mm-hmm. it. I, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have one of those. I had. I did have a show a couple of weeks ago when I was there last. I think. What did I have? Uh, do you know what we went to an Irish pub I'm sick of going to Irish pubs but that was the only place we could watch the rugby and the football at the same okay. time okay did you have Irish stew <laughs> no <laughs> no what did we get what did I eat I had I think I had a hamburger I had some rankness some like basically I ate something in order to soak up all the alcohol that I knew I was going to consume uh, <laughs> and then I made it a show of myself watching the football as is my thing <laughs> the thing that i do shout loudly at televisions and look like an idiot um and, and then i had i had a day off yesterday which was monday and i had one of those hangovers that makes you feel like you've committed some kind of heinous crime and you can't quite remember what it is and the best thing to do is to sit in a dark room and hope the feeling goes away <laughs> i've never been drunk so i wouldn't know this yeah one of the one of the side effects is is the hangover but you get different types of hangovers you know you get some hangovers that just Mm -hmm. make you feel tired you get some hangovers that just make you feel like your soul has been tarnished and it was one of the latter but i'm coming out of it i think (laughs) coming out of it's tuesday i think i'm out of the i think the clutches so you've never you've never drunk at all i think i mean I've, i've thrown up twice after drinking but that's it. But I don't think I was drunk. I think I was just reacting to the excessive wine. So, Dilly, if you, me and Simon met up, would you drink or would you not drink? It depends. It depends. I'm trying to think of what it would depend on. Because this is a conversation I had with someone about not drinking. And they were saying, oh, you know, one of the worst things about not drinking is the attitude of other people. Oh. Who are like, oh, like, why? Oh, why have you given up drinking? And uh, actually, there was a guy on, was it on Sunday? Again, in, d- dipping into my blurry memories of Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think one of the bar staff had given up drinking. And there's a few people at the bar who were like, oh, oh, what's he, who's, who's he trying to impress? Aww. Like it was a negative. That's mean. And I was like, no, it's a good thing. You should be like praising someone who's like willing to do that. That's a really good, yeah. it's a positive step forward yeah. if you think it's not doing you any good. So what are the conditions in which you feel cool to drink? I would really have to like what I'm drinking. 
So there are some Rieslings that I really like or cider. Um, yeah, I love cider. Do you like cocktails? Uh, Nick, I every time I try a cocktail in Germany, they have a can of bloody coconut milk in it. They think it's cool, but it's not. Tell you what I think you would really enjoy mm-hmm. is a cocktail that doesn't get a lot of credit, but actually I think is probably one of the best cocktails out there, mm. which is... Uh, really simple tom collins i've not had this i like sour ones i like sour and bitter and sweet stuff so the best thing about a tom collins is the essentials are lemon juice sugar sprudelwasser and and gin so it's a bit like a mojito yeah without the the well with mojito do you not have um sprite with a mojito i mean the mojitos you get here definitely do yeah it's usually soda water like a good mojito should have soda water a lot of times as well bars will have one of those pre-mixes which i find just horrendous mm. especially if you make it in a whiskey sour because the whiskey sour ones just it's just all kinds of wrong um you want like a good balance uh, one thing i really like is the hugo i love it yeah okay hugo's the the weird orange one right no that's the aperol spritz ah it's aperol spritz right hugo is hugo is um elderberry flower syrup with white wine and I, I can't remember what it is, but it has definitely got mint. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got a mix of a, a few different things, hasn't it? It's got, it's usually Prosecco, I think. Prosecco, elderflower, bit of lemons as well. And uh, mm. you could probably top it up with sparkling water, but that's fine. Um, that's a good mix, I would say. Anything with Prosecco is good, though. Come on. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of... I'm not a big Prosecco drinker, but when it's around, you know, yeah. I'll be I'll be having it. There's a there's a big street party bar cocktaily kind of event in the centre of Augsburg. It was cancelled last year. I'm hoping it's on this year, and that's usually quite fun because mm. you get a few different things. But again, Germany being what it is, like they do tend to not push the boat out when it comes to elaborate cocktails. It'll be Hugo gin and tonic. It'll be actually that reminds me of like a really horrible experience my wife what, had. What, tell me, tell me, I like this. Oh yeah, like it's just totally like reminding us. Right, so mm-hmm. you you might may or may not be aware of this. I don't know whether we travel in the same kind of circles necessarily on, on online, mm. but you know um, the general belief is that Germany can't do Mexican food. I didn't know that, but I can see where it comes from. <laughs> the complaint is that that Germany doesn't do Mexican food. And wh- why should it, right? Well, I mean, why why should Germany be any good at Mexican mm. food? It's not renowned for its, or having a major relationship with, with, with Mexico in the same way, say, the US is. So when someone from America goes, oh, Europe has no Mexican food, it's kind of like saying, oh, well, you know, Croatian food in America is shit. It's not renowned as, as a destination that many people go to for Croatian food. Equally, mm. Europe is not a destination many people are thinking, ah, that's where I'm going to find prime Mexican Essen. So there is two restaurants that you can, that you can go to in um, Germany that I think they're, they're chains across the country. This one's called Salsalitos, and the other one is called enchiladas right and i'll be honest i can't remember which i think it was enchiladas that my wife went to the other day but it could be salsalitos basically it's just ropey lowest common denominator tex-mex food it's not Mm -hmm. great it's not horrendous but the experience my wife had was was kind of typical of i don't know it's sort of restaurant experiences in germany to a certain extent so she arrived i think they booked the table for six which is quite early and they arrived 
and there was no um there was sort of no one there to sort of welcome the table but these places are quite cheap so i wouldn't mm. expect it and then eventually like wait staff appeared and they went oh you have to leave at eight that was the first thing they said <laughs> you, know, you need to leave at eight okay because they booked at six. Oh, we've double booked all the tables so you've got to leave at eight so that's you sort of welcome to the oh, restaurant okay. And then they were like, oh, we don't have any menus. You need to scan the um, a QR code at your table, right? Which is another, I'm not sure if you've come across this as being some new cool hip thing that they do. Oh, yeah, I've seen this, yeah. A lot of restaurants in, in, in Augsburg, at least. And I imagine it's kind of one of those things that someone saw in Berlin and has brought it back. And then someone else saw another restaurant doing it. And now everyone's doing it. Uh, it's the cool thing, right? Great idea. This is a great idea in a country where the internet is stable and functions even in major cities. It's a shitty idea when it doesn't. And guess what happened? They scanned the QR code and the internet didn't work because where they were sat in the restaurant, they could only get edge network and there was no free Wi-Fi in the restaurant. So they couldn't actually look at the menus and had to go outside to get the menu, right? Uh, on their phones, which is just, all of that just already told me I would have left by that point. I would have been like, nope. <laughs> So as soon as they said you have to leave at eight, I would have been like, "All right, so uh, we just we'll see you later. I'll go, I'll go get a kebab or something." Obviously, we were talking about cocktails, and the best bit of all of this was they. <laughs> it was happy hour, right? Happy hour, and so they ordered like, "Oh, we'd like to order a cocktail," and one of them goes, oh, "I'll have a gin and tonic." And the woman went, ah, oh, gin and tonics aren't included on the happy hour. What? It's <laughs> just like, of course. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard of things not being included in the happy hour. I'll put money on that restaurant not being open in 12 months' time. Because <laughs> honestly. Since you asked about cocktails, so something I uh, discovered about two to three years ago is a Cur Royale. I love it. It's from uh, Brittany, like the west coast of France. And it's uh, creme de cassis, blackcurrant syrup sort of thing topped with champagne. It's really nice. Champagne's a bit of a cheat though, isn't it? Because it's like, we've got champagne in here. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's not included in the happy hour probably. <laughs> yeah, but you can't you can't order those because they're not in the happy hour and we have to leave by eight o'clock. So that's, all, that's the way it is, Dilly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's spent time in Germany knows if there's one thing Germans are truly passionate about, it's varieties of bottled water. Germans go through millions of litres a year of this stuff, but despite the love that many have for bottles of differently carbonated water, there are still some problems in the industry. After 130 years in operation, the Toysa Mineral Brunnen has filed for insolvency following the damage of the pandemic and soaring energy bills, and the Toysa Mineral Brunnen was one of the more popular uh, mineral water distributors, bottlers in uh, certainly in the south of Germany. So that's after 130 years, they've decided that they can no longer continue, mostly down to soaring energy bills, but certainly the pandemic mm. and its uh, sort of effect has, has, has really knackered their, uh, their company. The question I have for you, Diddy, is does it come as a surprise that a mineral water company can't stay in business in Germany? It does come as a surprise. I and. I mean, it's it's a staple, right? If you're drinking water at home, at a restaurant. I mean, people drink uh, carbonated water so often and they look down their noses at regular Leitungswasser of water that comes off the tap. I'm like the Leitungswasser person. Do you, do you order tap water in restaurants? Um, Either still water or I sometimes even say, ah, yeah, Leitungswasser. It's ubiquitous. It truly is. I mean, that, that word's slightly overused, but it really is in Germany. Everywhere you go, there's bottled water. I do find it quite a good thing, but like, I'll be honest with you, when I first came here, 
I hated carbonated water. And now I can't get enough of this stuff. The thing love is, the, the after effects, I mean, the gas has to come out somewhere. <laughs> Socially, it makes for very embarrassing moments. How come it's the dainty, well-spoken, polite woman of the podcast who wants to talk about bodily gases and not the <laughs> grungy disgusting orc of a man that co-presents it with you yeah i mean i'm 40 years old i'm quite i'm quite comfortable with my um, internal processes and i'm quite <laughs> capable of making sure they don't go to any extremes certainly in front of company so is this a problem that you're having are you just burping through every public engagement where someone hands you a sprudelwasser um, to be quite serious <laughs> nick it's been just a month since i've been introduced to carbonated water proper oh right my boyfriend bought a crate because he decided that he had too much money and saving was for the losers <laughs> I, I really don't see the point but you know there there, were, there he was buying crates of water and the thing is once he leaves the bottles are still here and I kind of see the point. I, I really liked it, but like burping by myself in the evening, uh, that, that's, it's quite fun. I, I've been quite impressed with my own burping uh, abilities. <laughs> You're getting better and better. Ah. So you bel belching the national anthem. That's the, the goal, I can right? belch out tunes now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... British people don't drink a lot of water, and I don't know why that is. We drink a lot of fruit juice and a lot of tea, obviously, a of tea. and a lot of uh, soft drinks. But it was never really part of the my family culture or even wasn't a big thing in school either, the idea of drinking water. And the idea mm. of drinking water was like, it was considered the worst option of, of beverage choices in our family. Like if my mum and my dad said, oh, you should drink some water. But oh, uh, no. Like, whereas here, it's kind of the first thing that people will reach for is a bottle of fizzy water. Mm. But Sprudelwasser, like on its own or... Apfelschorle mm. or something like that. The the Schorle options, the options for drinks with fizzy water are so wide, so vast that you can have pretty much any fruit juice you can name and the bars will probably have it because they've got to mix all those shitty cocktails, right? So they all have all those fruit juices. <laughs> <laughs> but they have loads of like, so we went out for dinner, I think on, no, we went out for lunch on Thursday mm. at the end of the exams. I think someone ordered, I ordered um, Apfelschorle, someone ordered Maracuya Schorle, there was a Mango Schorle in there. Uh, you could uh, pretty much order any fruit juice and be guaranteed to get some kind of Schorle option. So that's always nice. And I find that is, for me, far nicer than a can of Coke. Mm -hmm. I haven't drank Coke in a couple of years, probably, or maybe yet once in a while, if, if someone offers it or someone has it, or we buy it for my father-in-law i might have some mm. but i never have actually i mean i've tasted coke we didn't have processed uh, these uh, canned drinks when we were kids at home because i had an um, allergy yeah. to colored artificially color colored and flavored fruit and like toffees and candy uh, drinks and things so i we just never had like processed meat and stuff at home for this reason so i, I never got into the whole soft drinks kind of idea what my boyfriend does is, and I am worried about him, he buys this uh, Wildmeister Zero. Oh, grim. 
Waldmeister is grim. It's a really weird flavor. It's green. Why would you want to drink anything green? It does. It taste like mouthwash or something. It's really weird. That he Waldmeister. adds it to his carbonated water, and that's why he buys these crates of things. I mean, at least make it like blackberry syrup or something. No, no, not at all. I do think it's one of the more disorientating or surprising parts when you sort of move to Germany or spend any time in Germany. If you go to the shops, you'll see. A lot of supermarkets have a getränkt marked mm -hmm. attached to the supermarket or across the street from the supermarket or you'll drive out of town and people will be going to these places and you have every drink under the sun is sold in these establishments from alcoholic to non-alcoholic mm. and people just buy crates and crates and seeing people fill their cars up and also because a lot of people certainly in my neck of the woods have basements they'll fill their basements with crates and crates of water and it feels like a bit of a luxury at first. Yeah. But then you realize like, oh, no, like everyone sort of does it. Everyone's got a few crates knocking about, uh, whether they're buying them from River or Netto or, or wherever, Lidl. Everyone has a brand, right? But it is a luxury, right? I mean, this stuff costs money. You need space. I mean, I already have like two crates of glass bottles in my hallway and I have to like hop about it it's like a fucking death trap in the middle of my hallway I'm walking around in the dark bloody clueless in the morning yeah I'm gonna kill myself stubbing your toe off of the <laughs> bottles no um but this is a lot of people who are like really happy to just leave the like they'll have them in the kitchen and they won't have a cupboard for them they don't have a lot of space but they'll still have mm. their crates of water and and, and or people will buy four bottles or six bottles in a plastic kind of carrier and they'll take those if they can't if they can't manage a full crate but people are still pushed to to get them it used to be the bane of my life when i lived in apartments because my wife would buy a lot of bottled water mm. and i'd be the idiot lugging up <laughs> sort of i think we'd go through maybe 12 bottles of water per week or something like that yeah, we'd drink yeah. a hell of a lot of it but that all changed it during the pandemic and i think this is kind of interconnected with why this company tusa mineral brunnen may well be going out of business because i think a lot of people probably got soda streams a lot mm. of people i know got soda streams christoph my brother-in-law got one i think we ended up getting one because he had one of course i mean if christoph has it you have to buy it oh, i mean yeah he made it look very cool yeah. uh, so he's like the marlboro man for water <laughs> yeah exactly i'm the slavish devotee <laughs> for the cult of christoph right yeah and so like we started doing it and then i think parents-in-law i think everyone in the family just stopped buying bottles of water i think you'd said about the price you get the fund right you get like 25 mm. cents per bottle. You, you, get, you can return the bottle and get something back. Yeah, so you don't get the full price back, but you get the recycling money for it. Mm. And a lot of people will sort of save up their bottles and then take them in and, and recycle them and then get the sort of six or seven euros and buy some more water, right? But I do think a lot of people have probably switched to a soda stream. You said before that... Like you, there was a little bit of judgment when I said that I had a soda stream. What was the what was the judginess there, Dilly? That about me having a soda stream? Am, am I am I just a soda stream wanker? Is that what you're going to tell me? Yeah, you're a, you're a soda stream Karen. <laughs> you just call me a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> you called it yourself. I, said, I was just. Echoing. I said soda stream wanker. <laughs> I'd rather be a wanker. You said wanker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I heard soda stream no. Karen. <laughs> no. I think I, I think that's a worse insult. What's worse, Karen or Wanker? It's a philosophical discussion of the ages. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I first moved to Germany and everyone was drinking bubbly water, 
I just didn't see the point. I mean, we are spending so much on things and it's so much plastic and glass and lugging things around. I mean, I completely understand that you had to carry things up and down. Uh, my boyfriend is so nice. He wouldn't let me lift my own finger if he could. So Yeah, I'll give him a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> I've given him two and a half years. So <laughs> It's a ticking time bomb, that is ticking time bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I have to fight him for things in the supermarket and on our way home. And uh, I, I just don't see the point. I think, I mean, water tastes nice on its own, right? I mean, yeah, I guess so. It's not as good as it's not as good as Sprudelwasser. Yeah. Like even if I go to a shop and I buy like a bottle of water, mm. I would still buy Sprudelwasser over it. I feel like still water is, it's, it seems like a step down after after having fizzy water, I would say. But Nick, doesn't it hurt? I mean, I, I, I like it from <laughs> time to time but it hurts going down the throat no why would you do that to yourself nah, not really on a permanent basis not anymore no i kind of i kind of like that as well the weird like my, my daughter's just getting used to that because she doesn't drink sprudelwasser but occasionally tries some of my wife's or some of mine and she every mm. time she drinks it she gets this like hilarious look on her face as she tries to navigate the bubbles that are in the back of her throat and I think she kind of likes it. But yeah, I don't... No, nah, it's never been a problem for me. I think you sort of get used to it if you drink enough of it. You just got to drink more and more. And the more you drink, the easier it gets. Isn't that like the advertisement for cigarettes in the 60s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smoke more. Smoke more. You get used to it the more you do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop coughing. Um, no, I, I, but I also think it, it, it's, it taps or keys into a healthy kind of... not so much like a healthy way of living but it just seems like a very normalized but very healthy part of german culture where people are just well hydrated lots of people drinking water we just had the exams at the university and every student mm. came in and they all had their bottles of water and mm. and everyone just seemed really hydrated and and there's always like a lot of push to to consider our water consumption and how much is the, enough and is it two liters is it four liters a day and all that stuff like i try and get a good two liters of water in my system because i do genuinely feel better for drinking water two oh okay i drink like four liters of water a day somehow i can oh, two's enough for me but like i do i can tell the difference between me being hydrated and me being not mm. hydrated now like i didn't realize how dehydrated i was i guess knocking about before i moved to germany i think i was probably not functioning as well as i could do i think being hydrated does make you feel a little bit sharper you've already said the word hydrated like like five times during the podcast today and the word hydrated only comes up this often on like 10 tiktoks of people who are trying to be influencers well here's the news dilly i'm preparing myself <laughs> to release my new tiktok channel where i will be talking exclusively about German hydration. Watch me as I teach you about how to drink Sprudelwasser in the correct German fashion, wearing lederhosen on top of a mountain. It's my TikTok channel will be dedicated to the cult of Christoph cult of and I'll Christoph. be spreading the word about Yep. The Church of Christoph. <laughs> 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 maybe not church uh, i think that puts us into some complicated tax brackets that we want to avoid um final thoughts on this old uh this old mineral mineral brunnen company that's going out of business do you think that germany's sort of overdoing their love of bottled water they are no i mean do you think greta thunberg drinks plastic bottles of water nick probably not huh? no huh? no <laughs> fucking hell sorry dilly <laughs> 
I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to be put under the spotlight. You didn't see this. You didn't see this, listener. But she started shining a torch in my eyes and became very threatening. I was very nervous. No, I don't think Greta Thunberg does drink bottled water. Probably not. She probably has. Yeah. She probably gets it straight out of the uh, fjord or whatever. Probably gets it straight out of the source from a natural provider. She probably digs the well herself <laughs> sort of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if she did. So yeah, so you you would recommend maybe that your boyfriend gets a soda stream. Ooh, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not, not such wankers now, are we, Dilly? <laughs> Join us, <laughs> join us. We've already talked about me checking my privilege. So this story is is very much on topic. Since the start of February, the Meldesteller Anti-Feminismus or Anti-Feminism Reporting Office has been operating a portal to document anti-feminist incidents across Germany. The aim of the portal is to make anti-feminist conditions visible and campaign for gender equality and self-determination. So far, so noble. However, recent reports in Der Spiegel claimed only 500 people have used the portal so far, coupled with attacks from opposition parties who consider it a waste of government resources. The project has received so far around about €130,000 in government funding, which has been used for the portal and other federal programmes against right-wing extremism. The portal itself allows users to anonymously report sexist, misogynistic, anti-queer incidents and messages from catcalling in the street to misogyny in emails at work. Opponents of the portal claim it is effectively a system of blackmail that could be used to attack celebrities, organisations and the media if information is not kept private. Dorothy Bear, one of the deputy chairman of the CDU-CSU parliamentary group, claimed that denouncing and defaming at state expense, the Federal Minister for Family Affairs has learned nothing from our history. All very spicy, but is the criticism fair or is the portal a useful tool to combat daily misogynist behaviour? So Dilly, you're our pod misogyny expert uh, please tell us do you think documenting daily misogyny is really a helpful idea considering what a headache everyday misogyny is i'm glad that there is a platform for this although to what extent it is useful in combating everyday misogyny i'm not sure because i i, I have no idea how they go about it and what the outcomes are or whether we can control the outcomes ourselves but just the fact that there is an initiative for this, I think, is quite interesting. Does it surprise you that they have an initiative or government-sponsored initiative such as this that's trying to promote everyday reactions to misogyny? I am, because most of the things, like even catcalling, they're not things that you can report with, like, sketches of people and videos, because you, you usually don't have the phone ready, right, in hand to catch someone whistling at you or singing songs in your ear when you're walking past them. You don't catch that sort of thing. I'm not sure what the platform is expecting to hear, but it might also be a platform that is a deterrent to people because they know I don't want to be spoken about on a platform in public. I think most of the idea was, well, a part of this is collecting these stories. And I think there's going to be like a report at the end mm. of the year based on on these sort of self-reported incidents. And, and, and it's all anonymous as well. I, I think it's more an idea of putting more of a focus on not just things like, I mean, obviously we have things like the frown quota that's meant to combat sexism or combat a lack 
lack of female mm-hmm. leadership at the top of companies. But that's not really how a lot of people experience mm-hmm. these kinds of incidents. And I guess in that sense, it's kind of good to put this in front of people who maybe just can't see it. So maybe that's part of it. I mean, is, do you think it's something that men in Germany need to see more of? I think there are so many people in leadership roles, um, in, in roles of influence, Uh, and they have a very wide reach and they are sometimes unaware of their behaviors. Maybe they are and are just not willing to uh, see any further. I remember a friend of mine in a uh, in a workplace and it was a school. And uh, one of the first things she noticed in the staff room was a small poster. And on it in German was, um, if a woman says yes, she means no. And if she says maybe, it means something. And just that a woman's word is not to be trusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people think it's funny. And they have it like written down like some kind of like Pinterest quote. And then you really feel very sad. It kind of sinks in. That even before you've opened your mouth, someone has already laid a value and it's all because you're a woman. I remember there being a sign in one of the offices I worked in that had something like, please clean your dishes. Your mother doesn't work here. And then someone had written in brackets or your dad either. (laughs) So someone had obviously (laughs) spotted it, you know, and seen what it was saying. But there's a lot of that. There is a lot of jokes based around very, I suppose what we'd call traditional standards of of femininity but actually are just outdated standards so you do see a lot of that misogynistic kind of jokes yeah. and and stuff in in workplaces which just really isn't acceptable at all or like someone might see a woman in some kind of leadership role and like mutter to the next person okay you're gonna be ruled by a skirt again and you know that sort of comment is this something that you've you've experienced then something like this is something someone told me that happened at a meeting and, and these are like people who are like thinkers and, and, and you think they'd know better. And you know what the saddest thing was, Nick? So the person who told me this just had it muttered into her ear by a senior male figure and seated next to her at an important meeting somewhere. And I was aghast and she goes, it means he trusts me, you know, to make a private joke like that. I'm like, wow. are you serious? And, and and people feel good about themselves because he's the man is saying something that is risky to his fame and, and, and you feel privileged. Whereas had it been mean and I've looked at him like, you know, with my eyes crossed, like, like, have you got a fever or something? It's like there's so much there, isn't it? The fact that you feel comfortable saying that, but also in a snidey way that kind yeah. of suggests it's like a, a comment under the breath almost to the people who are nearest you and mm. i don't know i just all of it speaks to something that you do tend to see a lot in not just older generations you see it bleed into a lot of other places i was thinking about this portal and one of the things that i think about and see a lot is and i don't know if this happens to you and i'd be interested listeners if this has happened to you um, whether you, you you're you're a man or a woman I'd like you to look out for this in future, right? If you are in any kind of situation where you have to interact with a male salesperson, okay? So whether, and salesperson could be anything from when you're buying a house or renting a house or talking to someone at Ikea, buying a bed, whatever. Anytime there's someone selling something that's sharing information with you, buying a pair of shoes, right? Is if it's a male salesperson, they will 
almost exclusively talk to me even if my wife is asking the questions they'll exclusively look at me and tell me the answer whereas my wife's the one asking the question and i always kind of found that quite funny because i was like oh those idiots don't know my german is appalling but as my german's got better i've come to understand oh right that's some weird cultural shit going on there where even though and it doesn't matter it doesn't seem to matter about the ages of the people involved or whatever and i I find that very strange because often it's very a very specific question asked by my wife and they talk to me as if i'm the one who's asked the question it just seems very weird especially given that most of the time i'm not the one making the decision right it's usually someone someone else Mm -hmm. the authority figure the man is the authority figure yeah i mean if if the listeners haven't gathered by now i am not the authority figure in my family (laughs) i'm 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 the comedic foil I'm the light <laughs> entertainment section, but I'm certainly not the decision maker. I think, Nick, this is something that my mother and I mean, my my parents, I mean, I in Sri Lanka. And this is something that my mother went through in communicating with my father's family. Most of the neighbors are relatives and, you know, there's constant stream of people entering and, you know, taking over your living room. And they were like very specific cousins of my father's you know she would talk to them and then they would answer looking at my father and this used to drive her nuts so she would talk about this when we were kids and as I got older and I could completely understand where she was coming from and and the people that I that she didn't like then and I didn't like then either are also people that my father can't stand anymore but for his own reasons and you're like you should have arrived there a long time ago I did when I was 12. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's some things you sort of, you just observe that are harder for, are just harder for blokes to see, you know, and, and, and I guess this is the whole function of, of this portal is to just put this stuff in front of, whether people will believe it or not, mm. I, I guess is part of the problem. It certainly isn't helpful if you've got uh, other political parties or the opposition, almost like going to extremes to denounce the platform and i think the the comment by dorothy bear about mm. the, uh, the 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 federal minister for family affairs has learned nothing from our history it seemed to suggest this was some kind of diet stasi effort of some kind like it was like reporting on your neighbors i, I feel like that is a bit disingenuous Very. but regardless do you think this is really something that the government should be funding is it a good use of government funds i think that's a reasonable a reasonable argument to make maybe the histrionics about the history of germany which by the way seems to be the refrain for any situation for anything anything at all doesn't matter what it no. is it's like do you not, not know about our history and you're like oh we're just talking about sort of gas prices here chill I, out, you know? I, whenever they come up with this argument of like how do you not know the history of germany I kind of know that they don't have any other argument and this is just the fallback. Yeah, it does feel like there's instances where that that mm-hmm. is a warranted and, and, and fair observation, but I'm not entirely sure that this is that moment. But regardless, I mean, do you think that this is something that taxpayer money should be, be put towards? It's to make people aware of something that they are not aware of. It's to make people feel more in control of their lives. Uh, it's to make people feel safer. It's to make other people help people feel safer i mean if our tax money is supposed to be used for something i mean it's that right i mean is it just to like fuel the fancy houses and cars of the government officials or something I, I'm, I'm very happy to pay my taxes towards this
So last year, Simon and I celebrated the idea of rewilding and this concept of bringing back extinct species to Germany and the UK. And uh, it's been it's been fairly successful in a lot of parts of South Germany. The introduction of uh, Wildschwein or, or wild boars have seen a lot of success. But um, the discussions are sort of raging in the north and northeast of Germany uh, with regards to the idea of the reintroduction of wolves. And now uh, an incident in Lower Saxony is perhaps making us all think about the idea of rewilding in a different context as the story of a cyclist in Lower Saxony who was, well, the, the article says pursued by three wolves, but I think was rather more followed gently by three wolves. Curious wolves at that. The woman in question was cycling in the Rotenburg district of Lower Saxony, Landkreis Rotenburg in Niedersachsen. And uh, she came across uh, the wolves while cycling on her e-bike uh, in the woods. And apparently... Uh, the wolves themselves came within four or five meters and she said that she saw them clearly and heard them breathing Ooh. so dilly it's quite near where you live are you a bit concerned that you might go for one of those invisible walks in the woods and discover you're being tracked by wolves i mean i keep seeing a lot of deer in the meadows here deer um yeah i'm gonna stop at deer because that's all i've seen but that's many more deer than i've seen in hesse i <laughs> 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 you made it sound like it was kind of snow white fantasy moment where you're standing in a field and there's birds resting on your shoulders and squirrels hopping over around your legs the bunnies and some deer I mean, it's quite wild yeah. and green here i must say yeah. and you have lots of like um hawks and eagles if that is what they are i'm, I'm not the best ornithologist so they, they do they do look fancy <laughs> I don't think that's an ornithological term. No, no, fancy birds is definitely a technical term, I'm sure. What kind of birds were there? Fancy ones. <laughs> I'm not going to live this down, am I? Simon, where are Probably you? Not. You yeah. need to keep this man in check. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the edit, remember, so this is all staying oh, fuck in. fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, with uh, birds and eagles and, and sort of deer are one thing. But what about wolves? Would you? I love wolves. I mean, I really? can understand. I love them. They're, they're so majestic. And they, they live in packs and they have like families. There's love. They have feelings, Nick. <laughs> Do you? Um, no. No, I have no feelings. <laughs> I have no emotions. Uh, no, I, I think I respect the wolves. I remember watching that. I think there's a, a documentary about the wolves in Yellowstone. It's very interesting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, really interesting about the sort of pack mentalities and and how uh, mm. how wolves uh, navigate different environments, different weather conditions, and things like that. But I'm not entirely sure I'd enjoy uh, experiencing that documentary in real life. No, that's definitely not something I would I would feel confident about. But mm -mm. It, it does feel like these wolves were not really that aggressive from the story the woman seemed quite shocked but it really i thought it was i mean she must have been scared she's in the woods they must have been hungry or either that or she had a really good sandwich in her bag you know apparently what so what what happened was she was cycling along came across these three wolves decided to turn around and cycle away and the wolves followed her for a few meters and then once they got to the edge of town uh, they they went away, but they hung around a bit because she she went back the same path a few moments later, and they were still sort of hanging around. What the expert wolf advisor Jürgen Kassir uh, had said that mm -hmm. maybe 
you should avoid or at least try to avoid making decisions or, 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 or doing things that would arouse the wolves hunting instincts like what well he reckons that her cycling away was what it oh oh do not go there is it like you know if you see a lion in the jungle just stay still oh for fuck's sake are we still going there no i mean it's again it does feel like we're kind of blaming victim blaming here but um i guess yeah. i guess the question i have here is how do you deal with a wolf attack and so i did in-depth research by doing what everyone i'm sure is doing right now which is googling how to survive a wolf attack and uh currently on wikihow.com climb a tree oh no no here's here's it gets better right because wikihow always delivers okay it's first piece of advice is avoid areas where wolves have been seen <laughs> that's the first thing don't go where the wolves are and if you see the wolf before it sees you walk away silently that's what it says okay walk away silently yeah like a ninja right that's the way you escape right don't it says don't cycle on an e-bike no it doesn't say that number two back away slowly if the wolf sees you always maintain eye contact and do not turn your back so maybe it was a back turning that caused the problem. I mean, these people talk about animal psychology. Like, isn't it like don't maintain eye contact with animals? They find it threatening. I think that's gorillas and bears. Or do they have different psychologies? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. I'm no expert. I'm just, hey, I'm just a guy reading off a WikiHow article. Don't punish me. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sure they filled up like you know different questionnaires the wolves and the bears and the deer okay go on next hopefully number three won't upset you too much dilly but i have a feeling it might because number three is don't run wolves are faster than you but they're <laughs> so. apparently not as fast as e-bikes and i think this is the best advertisement for e-bikes that was part one escaping but the the second section is reacting to an attack and of course then it talks about loud noises there's a rather detailed image of a man fighting off a wolf with a rock, a rock. um uh, and then finally climbing a tree why is it final i think that's the first thing i do yeah yeah i guess i guess climbing a tree I, I've, I've got no chance i can't climb trees i'm not agile i'm not nimble it's definitely much fight or flight for me i mean I, I, in your case you are the tree <laughs> i am the tree yes you're climbing me to escape the wolf attack <laughs> while i'm having to fend off a wolf with a rock um i'm not sure how this is going to go for us all i'm going to say is next time dilly next time you invite me for a nice quiet walk in the woods i might think twice I might think like, you know, maybe vape in its face. Vape in its face. Yes, I do have yeah. I do have my own intrinsic uh, smoke screen available. So I could just start vaping mass clouds of, I don't know, what flavor have I got this week? Yeah, I was about to ask, what flavor are you smoking? Pancake dough with vanilla cream. Uh, so I could just Good. vape um, um, pancake dough in their face. Pancake dough and vanilla cream. Do not forget the vanilla cream. Wolves love it. <laughs> <laughs> that one simple secret or, or if you have a lighter lighter fire you know yeah, like yeah fire usually works i see in the jungle book i know how these things work that's the way to deal with wild uh -huh. animals fire that's that that's yeah. what separates us from the animals you know collect some leaves build a fire so in in this hypothetical scenario where i have to assume we're including producer simon mm -hmm. you're climbing me mm -hmm. to climb the tree mm -hmm. to escape mm -hmm. i'm fighting off the uh wolf with a rock in hand and the other hand you'll be with the other hand you'll be vaping and produce oh yeah and the other hand i'm vaping to create some kind of smoke screen and producer simon will be judging us <laughs> yeah judging us but also assembling a fire 
I think this could work. This could work. It could work for me, very definitely. Oh, yeah, sure. I think we should start lending our services out to the, the lovely people of Niedersachsen and how to survive wolf attacks. Yeah, we could be like the wolf watchers, you know? We could, we protect could be them. the wolf watchers. <laughs> oh, that would be like I get to spend all my days in a forest, which is like my dream. <laughs> we can have park ranger uniforms. Oh, well, yeah. do I get a hat? You get a hat. Right, I'm only doing it if I get a nice hat. That's, that's all I want out of this transaction. Anyway, you heard it here first. Decades from home is now going to be called Wolf Watchers Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of the show. We are going to need a Saxon to make friends with some wolves. Indeed we are. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, or lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to ko-fi.com slash DecadesFromHome and contributing to help keep this boat afloat. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dilly on at Dilly Algerman, you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on decadesfromhome at gmail.com if you have time take a look at 40percentgerman.com weekly articles are up every Saturday all I have to say is thanks I'll be some next time cheers cheers cheers